morning to John chapter number four. John chapter number four uh, this morning. If you would pray for um, Brenda Lamb. Uh, Miss Brenda is in the hospital. Uh, they took her to Effingham and then transferred her to Statesboro. Uh, she's at the Statesboro Hospital. She had uh, some issue with the heart, and it may have been a mild heart attack. Uh, so pray, uh, that's Brother Jerry's uh, uh, wife, Brenda. And so remember uh, Miss Lamb uh, to the Lord in prayer. And then uh, Miss Dottie uh, Galt, she is going home and uh, uh, she goes home uh, tomorrow. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, continue to uh, pray for Bob if you would. And uh, thankful for the progress uh, that Miss Dottie has made. And um, she will be home um, sometime tomorrow in the early evening. And um, if uh, you want to stop by there Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, I know she would love to, uh, to see you and talk with you if you'd like to go uh, by and visit her. But again, she will not be home until tomorrow in the evening, uh, evening time. But what a, um, uh, what a praise uh, that she is doing uh, so, much, uh, so much better. And um, we are... Uh, we are uh, grateful for that. Uh, John chapter number four uh, this morning, and um, I, I've, I've got a question. It's an interesting question. A question I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, but it triggered, this question triggered my mind when I was in a, uh, thrift store and I was looking at surprise books and I'm um, going through the books and I've always looked for basically history and, and, uh, and, and Christian uh, books and so uh, I've gotten pretty proficient at it and I can do it pretty fast uh, and especially if somebody else is around I don't want them to get the book before me and so I can look really really fast and so I'm looking and I'm going through the the shelves and I get down to about the third shelf and there was a big coffee table book and the name of the book is who is God question mark I said interesting who is God? So I pulled it off and I looked at it and I put it back. But it was, you know, it, it had some weird, it was some weird things about it. And, and uh, it was odd. It was more of a religious book than it was a Christian book. But it triggered that thought in my mind, who is God? As we think about God, we think about several things, don't we? So we think about God, the Father. We think about God, the Son we think about God, the Holy Spirit. So we think about God, the creator, right? We think about God, uh, the Messiah. We think about God in different forms, but I want you to know God is more than just the creator. God is more than just the Messiah, God is more than just uh, the father of uh, uh, the nation of Israel. Uh, God is more than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is more than... i tell you what we like to do with God. It's almost universal. We like to take God, and we all have different size 
boxes. Mr. Bragg, hand me that. I always pick this up. This looks like a box, right? So we all have different size boxes. Some of them are very, very small. Some of them are larger. But what we like to do is we like to open up our box and we like to stick God in a box. What do I mean by that? We limit God and what we perceive or who we perceive God to be. You see, God can bless me, but he can't bless so-and-so. You see, God can save me, but God would never save. You see, God can do this, but he can't do that. Now, there are some things, understand with me, there are some things God cannot do. Is that right? Of course. The Bible tells us God cannot lie. God can't sin. Okay? So, uh, Stop worrying about whether God can make a rock that's too big for him to pick up. Now you're getting ridiculous, right? But there are some things that God cannot do, and God cannot lie. But God is, now watch this, God is not limited to what you think he can do or what you believe that he can do. So sometimes we limit God and we put him in a box and we say God can only do X, Y, Z. That's all he can do. And then we shut, we shut it and we say, hey, this is, but guess what? This is how big your God is. Whatever size box you have, that's the size of God. God doesn't belong in a box. Now, what God limits in his word we limit, right? God can't lie. We understand that. God can't sin. We understand that. God cannot allow sin to enter into heaven. We understand some of the things that God cannot do. But you and I, the church, the Baptists, the Episcopalians, the Pentecostals, the Catholics, I don't care, pick whoever you want. There's no denomination and there's no religion and there's no person that determines who God is. Only God can determine who God is. Because let me tell you something. You weren't here when God was here. Right? God wasn't created. He was just here from the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. He has always been, right? We have a, we have a, um, we have a, a point of origin. We were, we were born into this world. Generations and generations and generations, they all have one thing in common. They were born into this world. All the way back to Adam, who was actually created into this world, right? And then Eve, out of Adam, out of his rib, created Eve, and those two were the first created beings. But before that, now, you think about angels. You know angels have origin. Angels are created beings. God created them. He created them to be worshipers. He created them to be messengers. God created them for a purpose and for a reason. This world has not always been here. God created it. 
But nobody and nothing created God. God just is. So, I say this all the time, right? So think about it this way. You are eternal. Did you know that? Did you, you realize you're going to live forever? Somewhere, see this idea, I was just listening to a, 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 a podcast uh, not too long ago, and this podcast was talking about what's going to happen after we die. And there's all sorts of views of what's going to happen after we die. And really, most people and most caring people would love to do away with hell. Let's just say it's an allegory. Let's just say that it's something there to scare people. Nobody's really going to die and go to hell. Everybody's going to die and go to heaven. That's universalism, by the way. That's universalists believe that. They believe that everybody is going to go to heaven. And then there's others that believe when we die, we just go back to the dust of the ground. Annihilation. We're just, we just don't exist anymore. Once we live this life, it's all over with. We just go back to the dust of the ground. But the scripture teaches that when you die, you are going somewhere forever. There's no holding place. There's no middle ground. There's no, listen, the Bible teaches nothing about a place called purgatory. Nowhere in the Bible. There's not even a concept in the Bible that talks about this place that you go to and your loved ones pray and give and, and do all these things to, to get you out of this place. There's no, there's no such place that exists. When you die, you are going to open your eyes somewhere. Either heaven, because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or hell, because you've rejected Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We are going to live forever but we live forever this way because we have a starting point, right? When you run a race, there's always a, there's always a starting point. There's a place that you start. You start from this place and you run your race. That's what we're doing. That's who we are. We've started. Where's our starting point? Our starting point's at our birth. And then we're going to live this life, but this is only part and by the way, this is only a twinkling of an eye of a part. Do you realize compared to eternity, a hundred years isn't very long? <laughs> I mean, in a hundred years down here is a long time. I mean, a really long time. But I want you to know, compared to eternity, it's nothing. This is just a short part of where you're going to be and what you're going to do for all eternity. But God is eternal this way and this way. He has no beginning, and he has no ending. Nobody, one child uh, was in church, and, and after, um, after church, uh, he came forward to the preacher, and the preacher just preached this uh, uh, very theological message, and this message about God and about the Trinity, and he preached just, uh, really, just a really good message. And, and he came forward, and, and the little boy said to the preacher, he said, boy, I really enjoyed that message. He said, but uh, I, I get, I get, I, I get what you're saying with the Holy Spirit, and I get what you're saying with, 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 uh, with Jesus, and I get what you're saying with God. But can I ask you a question? And the preacher said, yeah, of course. The little lad, go ahead and ask a question. Patted him on his head. He, he looked up at me and said, who created God? The preacher said, mind your own business, kid. You know, who created God? 
Where did God come? You know, because we have in our minds this idea of creation. There is a designer, right? There is a creator. Things in this world didn't just happen. You can't take, I think it was me and Brother Tim were talking about, you can't take, listen, if you take a Rolex watch and you take it apart, take it into all sorts of pieces, first of all, you ain't got no sense. But if you do that and put it in a bag, Ziploc that bag, and shake it until you pass out. It's never going to turn into a watch. You don't shake it up and go, whew, all right, take it out and put the watch on. What do you got to do? You got to put it back together. And boy, you, you better know what you're doing to put it back together. Why? Because there has to be a creator. There has to be a designer. God created, but he's more than the creator. God saves, but he's more than the Savior. Watch this, John chapter 4. You're familiar with this passage of Scripture. John chapter number 4. The Bible says this uh, over in verse number uh, 23. John chapter 4 in verse number uh, 23. The Bible says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father... Uh, in, uh, in, uh, in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Watch this, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In the book of Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament, the Bible says, I am the Lord I change not. I am the Lord. I am God. Uh, God is a spirit. So when we get these ideas, have you ever seen pictures? How in the world we could possibly know what they look like? But we have pictures, right? We have pictures of what Jesus looks like. We have pictures of what God looks like. We have pictures of what, you know, archangels look like. We have pictures of... And, and most of them are just messed up, right? I mean, they're just shots in the dark. Why? Because, listen to me, God, do you, do you realize that God has an arm? It's an anthropomorphism. God has an arm. And, and it, why? Because he reaches down to where we are. But God is a spirit, right? Do you realize that God is the head, right? But God is a spirit. So this idea, you, you can get confused really easy about who God is. So it's not about the physical characteristics of God. So many times we have this idea, we have this Hollywood idea. And by the way, if Hollywood's coming out with it, danger, danger, danger. Be careful. Be careful because what they're portraying and what they're saying, is it, is it backed up by the Word of God? Who is God? I find it interesting that we gear more towards the physical than, than who God is in His uh, nature. You see, tonight we're going to talk about 
The second thing that I know what the scripture talks about who God is and that God is love. You see, God is mercy. God is long-suffering. God is graceful and gracious. God is all these things. But understand this, ultimately who God is, is holy. God is holiness. He's the personification of holiness. He's the manifestation of holiness. God is holy. He's love and He's patient and He's long-suffering and He's merciful. You know why He's all those things? Because He's holy. His number one attribute, who God is, is holiness. Do you understand that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, right? we talk about good news. You want good news? There's no better news than the gospel. What does the gospel mean? It literally means good news. And Jesus died upon the cross, was buried, and he rose again the third day. But when he died upon the cross, the Bible says not only did he take your sins upon you, but he became sin for you. Matter of fact, if you catch this in Scripture, the Bible says that when he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, God turned his back on his son. Blow your mind. There's several sayings. There's seven of them actually uh, on the cross. And, and one of them is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You want to know why? Because God is holy. God cannot look upon sin. God's not going to allow sin into heaven. Understand, God is holiness. And all the other attributes, all the other things uh, uh, that God is uh, fall under His major and His uh, 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 master at attribute, and that's the attribute of holiness. So who is God? Number one, think about this. Who is God? God is able. God is able. Stop putting God in a box. Well, God can't do this, and God can't answer this prayer, and God can't, uh, God can't do this over here, and well, you know, God can't do this because he's this, and God can't do that because she's this, and why are, why are you limiting God? Do you realize it is a sin to limit God? Allow God to be God. You are not God. Let me tell you something. I am thankful that you are not God. And let me tell you, if you're not thankful, you ought to be very thankful that I'm not God. Do you know how many dead people there would be on the road if I was God? I'm just being transparent and real with you. You just cut, boom, flat tires. Boom, out of the way. Shoom, shoom. I mean, this is, the, I mean, this is who we are, right? This is who we are by nature. Aren't you glad we're not God? God doesn't do the... Listen, God is able. He's able to handle your problems. He is, he is able to see you through your problems. He's able to carry you through your troubles. He is able to help you in your times of need, in your times of struggle. Here we go. Here's a good question for you. Some of you ain't going to raise your hand, so I'm, I'm okay with that. How many people in here have ever struggled in their life? 
Yeah. I mean, we struggle with lots of things, don't we? Some of us seem to be on, you ever, you ever heard this before? Seem to be on the struggle bus. Bus came along and we said, Whoop, I, think I'll, I think I'll climb aboard. And it just seems like one struggle after another. You get one thing right and then something else happens. You get that thing. It's like you've heard the statement, one step forward, two steps back, right? And so often, you, if you're not careful, it will get you down. If you're not careful, you'll think everybody's out to get you. You think that you're the only one. I tell my kids all the time, listen to me. I don't believe this literally, but I tell them all the time, when it comes to the vehicle, you're cursed. You're going to hit every red light just because you're a springer. I mean, I, I about convinced myself of that. I promise you, I feel like there's somebody standing at the lights pushing a button every time I come close to one. Boop, red light. Boop, red light. If there's going to be a traffic jam, I'm going to be in it. I mean, and do you know it's easy to get yourself to think like Elijah? Remember what Elijah did? Remember, you remember he found a tree? He found a he found a juniper tree, right? And what did he do? Oh, woe is me. I mean, by the way, a pity party is the loneliest party that you can ever have. I mean, and we just, I mean, nobody else loves God. Nobody else is going through the problems that I'm going through. How much more do I have to do? Could it get, and by the way, don't ever say could it get worse. Because I promise you it can. And, and really, probably, in some form or some fashion, it will. And if we're not careful, we'll get into this place where we think. Now, now watch this. We think that God owes us. I shouldn't go through problems. I shouldn't have issues. Do you know how many times I've told you that I love you, God? Do you know? I mean, every time, God, every time that offering plate comes by, I put money in it. I'm at church. I, I pray. I read my Bible. God, I'm doing all these things. God never said, do all these things and you'll never have troubles ever again. Matter of fact, you do all those things. And the Bible says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. Here you go. Here it is. Hey, God said this. Jesus said in his earthly ministry, didn't he? He said, they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. If you love God and you have a desire to serve him, the devil hates your guts. And he's going to do everything he can to discourage you. He's going to do everything he can to stop you from going to church, stop you from serving the Lord stop you from doing things for others. He's going to do everything he can to stop you to, 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 to do the things that you know are right to do. And he knows how to discourage. And man, I'm telling you, it is, it's terrible. And none of us, listen, none of us are immune to it. You, you better, listen what the scripture says, you better take heed lest ye fall. Don't think you're better than somebody else. 
Don't think you never, oh, I'd, I'd never fall for that, or I'd never do that. Let me tell you something. If you're not careful, remember what Peter said? Not me, Lord. I'll never deny you. And guess what he did? Guess how many times he did it? Exactly how many times the Lord said he was going to do it. Be careful. Take heed. In your times of trouble, in your times of struggle, don't get away from the Lord. Get closer to the Lord. Why? Because God is able. What is God able to do? Number one, God is able to save. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you so glad for that? Listen to what the scripture says, Hebrews 7 and 25. He is able to save them to the uttermost. One preacher said it like this, and he saves us from the guttermost to the uttermost. You know, we are depraved people. We're sinners. We've all missed the mark. By nature, listen, your heart's above all things desperately wicked. Don't let anybody else, tell anybody tell you any different. We are all a fallen people. And God saves us and He lifts us up out of the mud and the muck and the mire of life and sets our feet upon the solid rock. Saves us, not a little bit. He doesn't save us most of the way. He saves us to the uttermost. Saves us all the way. I am not almost saved. I am all the way saved. I don't have to do, listen, there's, a, there's a many people that believe that, 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 that you get the initial part of salvation and then, and then you, you do this and you get a little bit more and you do this and you get a little bit more. And by the way, that's a works-based salvation. It's not, it's not by works. It's by grace that you're saved. Not by works, lest any man should boast. If you got saved because of what you did, look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Hey, look at how far. Sit, sit down. I, I listen. Preachers are the worst. We are the worst. Sit down with a group of a, a bunch of preachers. And I'm gonna tell you something. They ask you, how's church going? You want to know what they want to know? How many did you have Sunday? That's what they want to know. And by the way, when they tell you how many they have in church, it's not how many they had on Wednesday night. Mm -mm. It's not how many they had on Sunday night. Mm -mm. It's not how many they had on, in Sunday school. It's how, they, how many they had on Easter. Now, it was just one Sunday, but hey, the, let me tell you what I had. Let me tell you what I did. Let me tell me how many people were saved. Now, uh, it's, not all, not, it's not all bad because we like to share what God is doing. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm telling you, if we could save ourselves, we'd be the most boastful people. Most of us wouldn't even be able to get out those back doors. Our heads would be so big. Look at me. Look what I accomplished. Look what I've done. It's not by works. It's by grace. And when God saves somebody, He saves them to the uttermost. He saves them all the way. He makes them new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. God is able. He's able to save. Number two, God is able to comfort. You ever had it hard? You ever had a difficult day? You ever have a you ever have a bad time? Man, I'm telling you, 
sometimes it just, one thing happens, then another thing happens, and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to get this solved, and then this happens, and I'm going to get this solved, and, and this happens, and it's kind of like, you know my two weaknesses, right? One weakness is obviously the car, driving. My other one is a stupid yard. I wish, I'd pay it. I wish I could get somebody to come and bulldoze my yard and put AstroTurf in my yard. I don't even care, I don't even care if it was blue. I don't care what color it was. I mean, just, I mean, every time you do one thing, something else has to be done. I mean, by the time we've got several different areas that have to be weeded, oh my goodness, I about rather take a bullet in the toe than to go out and weed the yard. And you go out there and you're on your hands and knees, and how many of us know the older you get, the harder it is to stay on your hands and knees, right? And you think, your mind says, it's no problem. And you're on your hands and knees for hours out there, and then you go to get up. And your knees go, huh. no, you're going to be down here a while. And then you get up, and man, you're, and your back hurts, and your legs hurt, and then it's even worse in the morning, right? The next day, you're even sore. And then you go, well, at least I got that bed weeded. And then, like, the next day, there's weeds in this bed. So you go out there, and you can't do it the next day because you're so tired. And so you go out there, and a week later, and you're, you're weeding this, and you finally get this done, and you turn around and look, and that bed's got weeds again already. And then, the, and then the stupid pine cones fall in the yard and you pick them up and they, the tree spits out more the next day. They're out to, I'm telling you, they're out to get me. Hey, you ever have one thing happen and another and then another and then another and then another and if you're not careful, it will bulldoze you over. That'll ruin your life. I'm telling you. And there are some, there are some tough things that happen in life. There's sickness. There's death, right? I know, I know when a loved one dies and we know that they are saved, we know that they're going to heaven and we know that one day we're going to see them again. But that doesn't make the sadness just go away. Do you know, I, 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 I go out of my way to be careful when I go to counsel somebody or when I go to a funeral, I, 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 I do my best not to go up to somebody and say, oh, it'll be okay, we'll see him again. They already know that. It's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to mourn. Matter of fact, the Bible says that there are times to, uh, to mourn. Ecclesiastes talks about a time to mourn, and we should. We just have to be careful not to live there. Because God's able to see you through that valley. He's able to see you through that hardship. He's able to see you through that relational problem, that financial problem. Well, God works things out, doesn't he? So I'm trying to figure this all out, right? Because we have, and the church provides us, and, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, it's called Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a, it's, a, it's a great ministry. It's a major medical plan. So, in other words, when Wendy went in and had her three different surgeries, well, you turn in the receipt, because it's over $1,000, and CHM reimburses you. It's great. It's a great program. 
take some time to reimburse you. And, um, and, and so that's a little bit aggravating, but it's a great program, but it's not insurance. It's not technically insurance. And so when I came up uh, and went into the, to the doctor and, and they said I have diabetes and, and uh, they gave me a sample of the insulin. And so my primary care prayerfully or thankfully is giving me this insulin through samples. And so I went to a diabetologist and an endocrinologist and, and uh, they said, okay, that's, that's, that, that, that insulin's long lasting and that's great, but you need a fast acting, acting insulin as well. I said, you mean I have to have another shot? She said, no, you have to have three more shots. I said, woman, I do not like you. She is great, by the way, a great diabetologist, an endocrinologist. And, uh, and she said, so you're going to have to take Admalog right before you eat, every time you eat. So I'm trying to figure all this out, trying to get it all in my mind, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, everything that I eat, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could eat cheesecake or I can eat a peanut, and my sugar goes, Psh! so we're trying to get all that regulated and try to get it all figured out. And, and, uh, but let me tell you something. You want to talk about expensive? Stuff ain't cheap. So we prayed and said, Lord, okay, direct our paths and show us the... And so we went in and I had to get my Admalog. They gave me a sample of it and I got my Admalog and Kroger's had it. And, and uh, there was five, five pens in this Admalog and, and it was going to be uh, $188, which wasn't bad. Because what, for what I need is going to last me more than a month, and I'm, 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 so I'm thankful. So Wendy says, look, I did a little bit of research, and Lily is the pharmaceuticals that put it out, and, and, uh, and they said it's not about money, and I just laughed my head off because it's always about money. And uh, I, she said, and, and they, they said it's not about money, and if you don't have any insurance, they're going to cap it. I said, whatever. So she gave me this weird-looking thing on my phone. She said, just print it out. I'm like, please. Please don't make me do this. She said, just print it out. So I printed it out, and I took it up there. I mean, I got it on a full sheet of paper because I don't know how to bake a little thing. So I got it on this full sheet of paper, and I go into Kroger, and I said, I got this, whatever this is. I'm not good at those kind of things, and I just, I'd rather pay the $188 and not have to, you know, look like I'm indigent. But anyways, I give her that thing, and, and she goes, oh, okay, and she scans the little the little barcode thing. And she said, okay, it'll be $35. You still talking to me? $35. And I'm talking about this is going to last me probably four or five months. And I said, Lord, thank you. He saw me through it. You have to have needles. You can't use the same needle. You just can't do that. So you have to have these needles on the end of these pens, right? So I found them. Prescription, $50 for 100 of them. It's 50 cents a needle. At that price, I want to use the needle like four times, you know, before I have to. I mean, it's just, I'm just a cheap person. And so I bought them because I had to have them. I had them in these needles. Well, now I have to have the shots four times a day. I thought to myself, what in the I'm not paying $50 for a box of needles. So Wendy, she's good at all this stuff. She's on her phone, comes up with Amazon. Well, Amazon has the same stupid needles from the prescription, same exactly, same size, same everything, 
$9.99 for 100 of them. I'm thinking to myself, well, thank you again, Lord. Do you really? And Wendy. <laughs> I thanked the Lord for Wendy a long time ago. Uh, but she, you know, in every turn, right? Are we looking for it, though? Because you know how easy it is to get aggravated because you can't see out of one eye? Oh, it's not aggravating. That's not very aggravating. Just go ahead and cover your eye for just one day. Just, just put a patch over your eye like that one day. And by the way, this is way easier than what I... Because I've got all this stuff moving around, and when I close this eye, I can't see anything. And so you're trying to... Your eyes are trying to focus. It gives you headaches, and it gives... You know how easy it is to focus on, oh, woe is me? Why did this happen to me? Why? You know, some people have had it, had it, and, and, it and it went away in a week. Went away in two weeks. Mine's not getting better. It's getting worse. Oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. You know, you know what sometimes I want to do? I want to look around for a juniper tree. Lord, I, I've, I've served you since I was, you know, a young man. <coughs> I mean, I'm a pastor. I mean, I'm faithful to your word. I do this. I do this. I do this. Why is this happening? Do you know, all of us are susceptible to that if we're not careful. But then the Lord does this. And you say, praise the Lord. And the Lord does this. And it's not just victories in your life. When you're looking for victories in other people's lives, you praise the Lord. Do you know why? Because God is able. He is able to save, and He is able to comfort us. He is, the Scripture says, John 14 and John 15, He is the Comforter. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, He says, He comforted us in all our tribulation. John 14 said, Let not your heart be troubled. Don't, don't be troubled. Don't be worried. Don't don't stay in that struggle. Don't stay in that worry. Why? Why don't you stay in it? Because God is able. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Can I tell you this morning that God is able? He's able to save you to the uttermost. He is able to bring you to heaven one day when you die. God is able. Man's not able to do that. You're not able to do that, but God is. Maybe you're here this morning you're not saved. You say, preacher, please remember me in your prayers. I'm not sure I'm saved. And I'm not sure if I were to die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and write that down and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's relational or financial. We all struggle. We all go through it. Can I tell you this morning, God is able. He's able to comfort you. He's able to see you through. He's able to carry you through. His presence is real. He is with us. We celebrate Christmas here coming up, and one of the names that we see around Christmas time is the, is the name Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means, right? God 
with us. What a blessing to know that we don't have to face it alone. We don't have to go through our problems alone. God is with us. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing. This morning, an invitation. Can I invite you to come this morning? Either right there at your seat or down here at the altar. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, just give it to the Lord. Peter said, casting all that care upon Him because He cares for you. If you need to come for whatever reason, this morning you come. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Went over a little bit this morning, but it was um, Brother Tim singing an extra song, so that's why I 